disagree. Keith would probably disagree. We're live. He just likes to disagree. Hey! Awesome. It's time for the Pie of No Return show. We are broadcasting live. It's Thursday night. It's PNR time, and there's no Keith. Uh, Keith is playing daddy. And no, I don't mean to his lovely wife, Cindy. I mean to his children. <laughs> this is wrong. He's doing daddy stuff. So he'll be along, we're told. Although him saying that he was going to be here at his uh, 9 o'clock Eastern probably means 9.52. I'm going to just guess. Yes. So anyway, we are, this is, uh, whoops, sorry, I just lost my page. This is uh, season four, episode 10 of the PNR show tonight. Sierra Nevada, pale ale, plus clowns. And commercials, plus our picks for the week. That's all. There's no music tonight. We're doing you get, a cappella show. You're singing, That's the PNR. Okay. Bam. Uh-oh. Okay, Keith is here. Send invite. This is a great show already. This is an awesome show. <laughs> you know what? Let's do, let's do this. Let's, let's not invite him. Let's just have him sit and stew. Keith, I love you, buddy. Uh, Keith? So while uh, Gary uh, brings up uh, Keith in our lovely chat, uh, how are you, Gary? Uh, I'm a little damp. It started to rain again. It's like a weird California fakey spring thing. It's <laughs> lovely. And and Jeremy, looking Hi. fully back in, in the States, still a little uh, jet lagged, I see. Still, still a little jet lagged, yeah. Jeremy was in Vietnam. Vietnam. Jeremy, why did you go to Vietnam? Because my wife wanted to go to Vietnam. Just, you know, it's Sunday, let's go to Vietnam. What do we do? <laughs> and go antiquing or go to Vietnam. It's one of the two. Well, Vietnam's better than antiquing, but. That's true. Uh, by the way, Gary, uh, Jeremy has some great videos of his time in uh, Vietnam if you'd like to go check them out on our website. So, hey, there is Mr. Keith, freshly back from his daddy duties. Hello. Hi, daddy. Geek daddy duties to boot. Oh, we can excuse you for that. Awesome. I, tried to, I tried to delay long enough to get you on to do everything, but... It, it, yeah, it, I, I, uh, <laughs> I made up camera problems so that we started late. So yeah. there you go. I saw that. I appreciate all the effort that went into this. And I was just um, being no technically... Problem. You know what, when... When it comes to incompetence, our group knows no bounds. We so. are the champions of incompetence. My friends. Not incontinence. That, no. that sometimes too. Well, yeah. Depending on the beer. Yeah. Right. It's a coffee so we've been, yeah. we've been off for a few weeks. And uh, in that time, uh, we've, you know, I'm going to try to introduce a new segment today. It's going to be a little impromptu. Gentlemen, are there any beers you've drank in the last couple of weeks? I know, I know Jeremy has at least one. That you'd like to mention to the folks? I drank a bunch of beers in the last week, and there's one that stood out, and that's the fresh beer from Vietnam, Bia Oi, uh, which they make daily, and it's a real low alcohol beer, around 3%. Uh, super refreshing, really nice, light, crisp flavor. Uh, the one I had had a slight sour note, almost like a um, Berliner Weiss. Really, so once again, really delicious beer. Once again, this is a beer made and drank every day that's what they say 
So no aging whatsoever. Nope. Fresh beer. So, but it was, it was an interesting part about that is, is beer should take, you know, more than a couple hours to ferment. So I would be curious how they're getting that rapid. If only for what the the yeast to eat the sugar, right? Yeah. Yeah, So I, I don't know how true that is, how, if it's really daily, Uh, but you could, you could have a beer in a couple of days, right? Especially a low alcohol beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you started with a low malt, uh, sugar level too very quickly take, yeah it would take less time to ferment yeah. well and i i used to watch a show called uh three sheets um, oh yeah it was all about drinking and stuff and he went through vietnam and did the uh the the, the same day beer too um and got a couple gallons of it and and well, had it and said lot, the same thing Along the same lines, it's something we get, we were mentioning this this week, this past week in Slack. I would love to know how this this Keurig for beers works. Like, how do you put a pot in and get a beer out? Is it like five minutes later, ten minutes later? You got to wait a month. What is it? Uh, I think that they're saying Keurig of beer, meaning you push a button, not not meaning the time it takes. It's yeah, that's it's, it's still a two week process. And it is it is an actual brewing process where it yeah. it uses grains and it it steeps them in water and to create the wort and then. But the nice thing the is you put in you put in a just a pod with all the stuff that you need and then yeah, the yeah. push a button. I mean, it's, it's a pod like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it's quite a bit bigger than the Keurig pod. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, you put it in, you press a button. It's it's they're trying to make it a countertop appliance. If I had two hundred seventy nine dollars lying around, I would have bought it like that. That yeah, seems like that, a really that, cheap price. Yeah, if I had here. counter space for that, I would buy it. But Melissa would kill me. Was there any discussion on how I mean, much you they don't would really need for it the pods on the counter? That's the thing. You can definitely do it, you know, somewhere else as long as it was temperature was right. You know, you could throw it in your right. basement. You could throw it in a guest room as long as I think there needs a water supply. So you could throw it in a bathroom, really. Yeah, put it in the bathtub. But now, yeah. but now, if you're home brewing, if you're home brewing, you tend to want to have it. Uh, you tend to want to have it in the dark, right? But I'm assuming this thing you can have anywhere because it's all enclosed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any open, visible light really getting through. I mean, they they even have a little stainless steel keg that goes with it that you fill and then set aside to age. Well, if this catches on and it's the first one of its kind, it's it'll the more will come out and the price will come down. So. And we would be happy to review this. For you guys, if you would like to give us a review units or unit or units, please uh, email us at pnrshow at gmail.com. Yeah, you can just send us some money too. No, 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 no. That would not. <laughs> that would be right. All right, I've I've delayed the gentleman long enough. They're going to want to drink some beer at some point. So uh, this evening, we are going to uh, starting to become one of our standby breweries. The folks at Sierra Nevada. And we're going to be drinking their pale ale this evening. I got a big 16-ounce can. Oh. Jeremy Jeremy went up to me, though, right? I got the giant bottle. I don't know how big it is. What is it? Ooh, It's probably like 22. It's bigger than my face. One pint, eight fluid ounces. That's 24. 24. Better than 22. Yeah. So this is brewed with mashed barley. Sorry, malted barley, not mashed barley. 
malted barley, whole cone hops, brewer's yeast, and pure water. Hmm. Keith, I uh, notice you're not delicious. cracking anything open. Keith doesn't have a beer. No beer for Keith. Maybe he's no frozen. Video. No video for Keith. Oh, he moved. He moved. <laughs> Sorry, he moved. I'm 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 uh, I'm getting us on Alpha Geek. So. Ah, Keith, you're. I'm, I'm multitasking. My apologies. You are sans beer tonight. I have the beer. Oh, yeah, great, 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 great. Okay. All right, gentlemen, are you ready? It's got a lovely uh, a lovely nose to it. Ooh, and it just barely fit in my glass. That. That's what she said. Hey, now let's go. Let's drink this thing. All right, prost. I'm drinking out of the bottle. Wow, that's not what I ex- was expecting. Hmm. Got a very light, very light flavor to it. Well, yeah, it's a pale ale. Yeah, but even even as pale ales go, it's it, it's almost a, it's almost a. We were supposed to do a pilsner tonight, right. but um, but that that washed out. But this is almost pilsner e. I would I think. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've ever changed their recipe because they've been brewing this beer for a really long time. I mean, yeah, it's one of their it's one of their mainstays. Years or something. Yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I wonder if they've changed the recipe because like Stone <clears throat> went through a whole thing where they're like redoing all their beers, so they like have a 2.0 version of their pale ale and IPA and that kind of stuff and ruination. But I don't think Sierra Nevada has done that with their pale ale. No, no. It's uh, it's it's quite tasty. It is, but we're not giving reviews right now. No, no. We save that to the end. Make you sit through all the other dreck in order to get our reviews of Sierra Nevada. <laughs> uh, so this this five point two percent alcohol by volume, which is right in the that's right in the Pilsner wheelhouse. Um. So you so actually, Jeremy, in the show notes, you put that this is the style of a Pilsner. It, that correct? No, it's, it says paleo, doesn't it? No, you have style. Well, that's because I never updated it. Uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, yeah. it's it's really close to the taste of the pilsner for me. The, the beer sheet says paleo, so um, yeah, this is uh, their original beer that they started brewing, and when I went to school uh, in Chico back in the day, uh, you know, this is what we drank. Was was hearing about a pale ale because it was mm-hmm. pretty much that, or you know, Budweiser or Lucky Lager. So uh, we opted for, for hearing about a pale ale. So uh, I was kind of half joking when I said that's not what I expected because I, I don't know, probably I literally I'm pretty sure I had more hearing about a pale ales than any other beer. Yeah, it's got a slight hop taste at the very beginning, but that dissipates almost instantly, at least to me. Yeah, I've had so many IPAs that this doesn't have hops. So, all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll check back in with the beer before our topics, and then we'll, or I'm sorry, our picks for the week, and then we'll give our reviews at the end. Uh, Jeremy hopscotched me on the topics this evening, and he's got something he wants to talk about, some speakeasies. <laughs> so go ahead, Jeremy. I know nothing about this. Uh, so two weeks ago, we mentioned that Speakeasy Brewing in San Francisco suddenly closed its doors. However, they've suddenly reopened their doors, kind of. 
Um, they apparently because of the debt they incurred, they went into receivership, and now they are producing beer again, but with a skeleton crew of employees. And the idea is that they they want they figure that a brewery that's producing beer is better for buyers than a brewery that's not producing beer. You think um, there is. Uh, the, the brewery is for sale. Uh, bidding ends until, let's see, bidding ends on April 14th. So if you'd like to own a brewery, you have until April 14th Ooh. to submit your bid. I smell an investment, boys. I'm thinking the Pint of No Return brewery has a nice ring to it. Yeah. I, I'm sure we got like several million laying around just to, to throw at that, right? Um, I've got I've got millions and millions of dong available excuse me whoa what now in fact somewhere somewhere I, I i do somewhere i have a picture of me holding thousands and thousands of dong right so interesting I'm, so i'm skinning through this article <laughs> sorry um, the 14 year old and me can't get over that statement yeah no. <laughs> well i i don't know if they take vietnamese currency. i'm pushing forward the uh <laughs> the middle of this article um <laughs> Speakeasy, uh, even though it's a microbrewery, a smaller size brewery, um, it does distribute globally. So it's it says it's competing with you know AB InBev, SAB Miller. Globally, um, that's what it says. That's what they say. Um, and it's putting undue pressure on craft breweries like ours. Said Gray, one of the owners of the brewery. You think uh, you couldn't make high quality beer at six ninety nine a pack, especially. Not in San Francisco, a different difficult environment for manufacture. So, my question for you, San Franciscoans, uh, is that true? And why is that true? I have my own theories, but since you're natives of the area, maybe. Well, what, what craft beer sells for six ninety nine? I mean, I can't find anything under eight bucks here in the East Coast. Even the stuff that's owned by InBev or Coors or those, they're not. Yeah, they're like not blue cheap. blue moons are are maybe six ninety nine. That's about it. Hey everyone, Jeremy's showing his dong. I just showed dong on the air. Oh no. Uh oh. Sorry. But they didn't say they didn't say we couldn't make craft brew for six nine. They said they couldn't make high quality beer, which I don't know if that's a semantic thing or Well, it's a slap at the, the big brewers. So they you know they're saying that Budweiser Which I'm sure they're they're reeling from. I'm sure InBeb is just whoa. Oh yeah. I'm sure they were. What do we do curious. now? You know, I I think speakeasy, yeah, they, their their real estate costs are higher in San Francisco. Sure. Um, Taxes, I'm sure, are high. But you know, utilities are kind of expensive everywhere in California right now. So you know, paying a lot for water, yeah, I can see that. Um, there, are, I don't know how many breweries actually brew in the city. Twenty First Amendment, they do some stuff like at the. At that place, but the bulk of their beer is not brewed in the city. Uh, I would for, think for within the point brews in the city. I would think within the city limits would be almost prohibitive because I think your your city tax is huge, isn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, Anchor as well. Yeah, they've been around forever though. Yeah, so they they own. And again, you can't buy a, a six pack of Anchor not here on the East Coast for less than ten bucks. And why would you want to? Right. Well, that's another argument, but that's a that's, that's a strange question, Gary. <laughs> Why would I want to pay less for my beer? That's silly. 
No, why would you want to buy Anchor? That's what I was saying. It was, yeah, it wasn't. It was a slap at Anchor. Oh, <laughs> not as crazy as I thought. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I hope Speakeasy can make it because I think having some, uh, you know locally owned. Well, it probably won't be locally owned anymore. But uh, so you know. So Bill Yen, Bill Yen, local beer historian and author of San Francisco Beer, said they'd serve mostly experimental beers you never saw in bottles. Sometimes it was awful, and sometimes it was really good. That was the point. You know, I've never seen experimental beers from them. I've only ever seen their standard stuff. I wonder if they've moved that to um, tap rooms, all the experimentals. They might have. Or, I mean, in the city, you might have found it at different, you know, like uh, pubs or... Oh, yeah, maybe a city bar or restaurants. But up here, you know, it was Big Daddy, Baby Daddy. Yeah. All those. I just don't, I don't quite... I just don't quite track with their, with their philosophy in this article that somehow the big, huge pushing them out and it's impossible for a craft brewery to succeed. I mean, if anything, you guys have proven and shown to me that craft brews are on the march it's like the golden age of craft breweries right now and if they're not making it it's because there's something in their business model that's not succeeding or they're not making good beer right i think it was their expansion that really killed yeah. them they expanded really aggressively so that's a poor business model then that's yeah yeah yep. they, they make good beers but their expansion exceeded their demand i think is what it is yeah they're they're not they're, they're good but they're not outstanding. They're not going to be a Lagunitas or a Stone or a Sierra Nevada, um, and and they just kind of you know they spent more money than they're able to bring in. I think, but I but maybe I and I always am the I'm always going to be the less sophisticated, the least sophisticated drinker beer drinker in this podcast. But from my not perspective, thank you. From my perspective, when I mean, you guys have said this that. If anything, the large breweries are proving that craft brewers do have a footprint in this market because they're not only buying up craft breweries like crazy, but they're also trying to strike out on their own and make craft brews under this large, gigantic, multinational corporation banner. So Guinness is doing that, right? Yeah. Well, even 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 in Bev Budweiser's, they're putting out craft like brews, you know, occasional outage, you know, put outs. Yeah, they're trying different things, and I think that's and that's them responding to craft beer. So right, the, exactly. Both I'm, of the both of the industries are are uh, I don't know if I want to say they're, they're driving each other, but they're responding to each other. Yeah, I mean, InBev's not afraid of these craft brews, but they're trying to capitalize on that market that's expanding like crazy over the last five years. Yeah, and they want a piece of that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I They may be a little afraid of it, um, but I, I think for, for Speakeasy that, you know, California is a, a pretty big market for craft brews, and we have a lot of variety here. So they're competing in a place where you got to be really unique and special to stand out. And I mean, they're good, you know, they make good beer, but you know, like I said, that expansion was probably exceeded what their, um, you know, their fanboy base could actually, you know, consume. So, 
yeah. I, it, it's tough, you know. I, I think if you if you stay like pretty small, like Almanac, they they make a lot of really good beers, but they don't produce a high quantity of beers, and they don't have right. a huge distribution. And they're making they you know they fit they fill a niche market, you know, with their sours and barrel aged beers. Uh, Almanac was just or not Almanac, but Speakeasy was just another craft brewery when when you've got you know a thousand of those in this area. So that that, that makes it a little tougher for them. Well, if you, I'd love to revisit this topic. So keep an keep an eye on Speakeasy, you two, and let us know what happens with them. All right, pushing forward. Do we have any? I know we have at least two. Do we have any Stephen King fans in our uh, podcast aside from me and Keith? Yeah, doesn't he play like NBA? <laughs> Stephen King, uh, they are putting out another, uh, this is by my count, the third uh, iteration, video iteration of his, one of his most famous books, It. They're doing a brand new movie this summer. And the the trailer hit a couple of uh, days ago and it quickly became one of the most watched movie trailers in history. Um, but not everyone's excited about the new movie. And, and if you haven't seen the trailer, go ahead. It'll, the trailer alone will freak the snot out of you. Um, yeah. Not from any gore and not from any, you know, kind of horrific images, but just that, that eerie feel. There's something eerie about, about spooky children. Do they actually have the trailer and the link you provided? Uh, yes, they do. Why am I I, I see a it might it might be blue linked uh, somewhere. Um, I see a clown face, which is yeah. just freaks the shit out of me anyway. Exactly. Uh, while you're looking for it, though, not everyone is excited about no, not, not uh, it coming out. Um, one group of individuals are particularly upset about this new this new film, and and those would be those would be our clowns. Um, <laughs> America's clowns are upset. Um, <laughs> MEL magazine uh, interviewed several real-life clowns after news that the It trailer had broken records to become the most viewed trailer ever, and they were not happy. They said the upcoming movie is taking a toll on their business by encouraging kids to fear clowns instead of enjoy them. Let me tell you this. From my personal experience, uh, we don't need any encouragement to, to, to fear clowns. I think the thing that teaches kids to fear clowns is clowns. Yeah. Definitely. Come on. It's been a rough year for clowns. Remember last fall when we had the big clown scare? Yes. And And they they referenced that in the article. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's it's this is a rough year for clowns, and and it is not falling at 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 a great time. Yeah. I mean, professional Mm -hmm. clown Nick Cage. We could have mass clown job shortage. Professional clown Nick Kane says, we just experienced a nice break from the scary clown meme from last October. And just when things, now get this, he's talking about clowns. And just when things are starting to normalize, the It trailer comes and it's like, here we go again. The poor, poor clowns. I Uh, think that uh, the whole clown thing last year was uh, social marketing for it that's what i <laughs> that's what i said at the time kind of bad I, timing then. I i said this is some kind of like one of those trying to make it a viral thing like a viral marketing thing for 
some movie or TV show or something. And I, I still, and now, now I think I was proven right that, you know, and these guys, this, this professional clown, which is an oxymoron in my opinion, um, is proving <laughs> that um, that was in fact the case because he's even talking about the events last year in relation to this movie. And a lot of people are going to make that connection. So, Wow. Okay. So yeah. Um, so wow. breaking, breaking news. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. We're going to, we're actually going to do some news reporting here on the Pi of No Return show. <laughs> uh, Imagine that. President Donald Trump has launched 50 plus missiles at Syria. Um, this after Russia warned them today not to get involved. Um, you may know that in, in about the last 36 hours or so, there was some kind of chemical weapons, either attack or explosion, uh, that killed about 100 people. And so two U.S. warships in the Mediterranean Sea have fired 50 Tomahawk missiles uh, into western Syria. That's the airfield from which the United States believes the government fired their weapons. So, yeah. So I think I'll drink some beer. Um, I was watching the It trailer. Um, talk about real life clowns. Anyway, yeah, this is. <laughs> we don't get political on the show, but Trump's administration is a dumpster fire. That's about it. Yeah. So, so Russia, their envoy only they just warned about negative consequences if they carried out any neg- any military strikes. Uh, okay. So, uh, back to the fun. <laughs> so that, yeah, that literally happened just in the last couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, I do have a third topic. Uh, it is, uh, we're about halfway through the show. If we can talk at least one. Scariest clown I've ever seen. Just sitting oh. in the office. Is that Keith wanting to talk about the, 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 the girl? The, I saw this, that story. Keith, if you want to talk about it, go ahead. I'm sorry, you cut out on me. What what story am I talking about? You want to talk about the the monkey, the Indian? I mean, the girl found living with monkeys. You oh, that the was, jungle. That was Gary P in our show. Yeah, oh, that's right. You signed in for that. I, I got gotcha. you. I, I apologize. No, you're talking I, about. I'm in control here. Okay, we can skip that then, Gary. Go go ahead. Skip what? Are we skipping? Skip the my third part? topic. We can talk about yours. Uh... I, by, by the way, I, I am a Stephen King fan. I'm reading uh, the Dark Tower series. Um, oh my gosh, that reminds me, Dark Tower coming out yeah. this summer. Woohoo! Yeah. It's either going to be uh, awesome or going to suck really bad. Um, Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. Go read it. It's, it's going to be awesome, but only for people who know what's going on. Because if the casual user doesn't realize the fact that this is, is actually post the books and it's another run through, they're going to be very confused. Hoping for a, a literal interpretation of the books. They're going to be really disappointed because from what, yeah, from everything that I've heard, they've, they've taken a lot of liberties and condensed things and moved things into different places. Kind of like game of Thrones. Well, no, it's, it's not that it's, it's that the books were the last run through where he went to find the tower and this is the next one. Yeah. That's, you know what? I had not heard that. And that's why he's, (laughs) 
a different person. That's why the cast of characters are changed and mixed up a little bit. It's oh. not the same book. But nobody knows that, and I don't know if they're going to explain it or not. And it's going to just where, where did they put, How do you know it, Keith? Where did they put? Where did they put that out? Yeah, I, I talk to Stephen King on oh. a regular basis. You know, he oh. consults with me. That's um, right. And as, as does Hollywood. <laughs> so you know, this is just something insiders know. Really? I I had not heard that at all, and now Actually, I heard that from another fan. Uh, I heard that from another fan, who, and I'll see if I can track that down for you and put it in Slack. But you know, that's uh, I don't have source for that right now. I mean, that's that's obviously part of the mythos of the Dark yeah. Tower series is that it's happened a zillion times. But that is very much in line almost with, like, the Battlestar Galactica exactly. motif in that everything has happened before. It will all happen again. The first series, yes, did actually happen. And the new series was a reboot, but it was a, it was a new iteration of that timeline with different characters. And that, that series is a lot more um, worthwhile. Yeah, and, and if, if Rob, if you case, didn't know it, that's wow. just proving my point that nobody's going to realize it going in, and they're just going to be mad that they storyline. Oh. When the idea is they're not supposed to follow the storyline. So he, hopefully he, there's going to be something he, at the beginning of the movie that explains that for all the avid book readers. That's awesome. So actually, so it's actually not a, it's a sequel to the books. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. And if you have not read the Dark Tower series, it is Stephen King's magnum opus. We have talked about it on this show before in our our previous show. It literally hooks in, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten different of his other stories um, and lives in that world. It's just an amazing, crazy Alice in Wonderland trippy type book series. So. Yeah. Definitely, definitely read the Gunslinger if you can before the summer. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Uh, well, uh, we're going to talk about yeah, monkeys. A girl living with monkeys. Go ahead, Jeremy. Talk about the girl living with monkeys. That's a that's a Gary subject. Oh, she's uh, all mixed up. <laughs> Jesus. He tried to give it to me. He tried to no, give it to Jeremy. I, I'm the monkey living with girls. <laughs> Rob, I just put that link in chat, and it's actually a Wikipedia link. Ah, see, if it's oh, on thank Wikipedia, you. it's true. Thank you. It's on Wikipedia. It's true, but yeah, they're, oh, yeah. they're they mentioned it in there that it's a quasi sequel. Okay, well, if no one wants to talk about that story, I want to talk about my other one, Pepsi. Well, I'll talk about it. So it's real short. It's I mean, it's only like a couple paragraphs. Uh, apparently, in January, Indian police in the country of India found a. Uh, a 10 to 12 year old girl living with monkeys. She was uh, behaving like an animal, running on her arms and legs, eating food, you know, like off the floor without using her hands and stuff like that. And they're trying to figure out how she got there and who her parents are uh, and trying to get her, you know, to, to talk. They said she's doing well and has recovered, you know, quite a bit, uh, but literally thought she was a monkey. And um, when the, the police officer that pulled her out, uh, put her, you know, got her out. The the monkeys actually gave chase and tried to stop him from taking this girl out of the jungle. So yeah, like a real life jungle book. Hmm. Interesting. Without the cute bear. Bear necessities. <laughs> All right, we're done. Yeah. So you know, rather than 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 squeeze this topic in, why don't we just go ahead and go to our picks, and then if we're done early, we're done early. Okay, oh, man. I really wanted to talk more politics. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. 
Okay. Um, Keith is quiet tonight. He's just he's all discombobulated. <laughs> I am. It's been a long day. He's 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 hash rehashing over his. By the way, how about uh, any more um, intermediary impressions of the pale ale that you'd like to share? Mmm, I like it. Yeah, it's very crisp. It's a it's a good safe beer. There's a reason why when people say "give me a pale ale," everybody assumes it means Sierra Nevada pale ale. Hmm. This is a very—I will say before we give our reviews later on. Um, this is a kind of a perfect middle of the road beer for all four of us. And kind of, it kind of—it's like a—it's like a, a meeting of the minds. It's like a, it's like our dark tower. I may I may just nominate Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as our dark tower, the crossroads, the nexus of our beer sensibilities. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, it's got a little something for everybody. All right, half pint time. These are our picks for the week: apps, shows, music, movies, anything that catches our fancy. We want to pass on to you. Jeremy's wants to talk about Ubermoto. Go ahead. My pick is Ubermoto, which is Uber's scooter service available in Vietnam and perhaps <laughs> elsewhere. It, I thought that was a joke. That is my pick. It's it's way more fun than Disneyland, and it's like orders of magnitude cheaper. You can you get like a twenty minute scooter ride through crazy traffic, risking your life for only a dollar thirteen. So were you doing the driving, or someone driving you? No, no, no. Somebody's driving you. On a, on the back of a scooter. Yes. So you're kind of grasping and, and, and not like a 500 cc Vespa scooter. This is like a 100 cc Honda. So you're grab you're grabbing some, someone from behind a stranger. I held onto the seat. And he's going bat out of hell, crazy through traffic Vietnam, which I'm sure is probably nice, calm, and orderly. While watching his phone because the city's very confusing and he didn't know where he was going. <laughs> All right, I will have to tune into this video. Awesome. Put it. Put a link to that video yeah, in the show it. notes, please. There, there it's, will be a link great. to the, the video it's of my ride. Oh, I see. Oh, I see this. See that link right like. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, while I peep in on this video, Jeremy, I'm sorry, not Jeremy. Gary is going to tell you about Trello. Uh, yeah, I. You know, they just sort of. You had to think of something at the last minute. So uh, Trello is like a, basically like a project management to-do list organizing thing. Uh, they have free accounts, and you can go there and, and sign up for free, or you can pay money and get like a more robust account. Uh, but they have a really good iOS app, and their web app and, her, and their iOS apps work. And um, we implemented this at work a few months back. Because uh, we've got you know so many things going on, um, and I spent a, a bit of time going through it uh, over the last couple of weeks, doing different things. And you know, as a manager of a group that has a lot of projects going on, it's been a, a really great tool. I, I love the way they have it organized. I hate Microsoft Project and that kind of crap. Um, and you know, people organizing things in Excel, Excel spreadsheets just makes my you know, make, I feel like I want to vomit. Um, so I, I really like Trello. It just kind of fit like my mental model of things. And it's mm-hmm. a, a good, easy, fun tool to use if you have to do that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm recommending Trello as a, a productivity task management to do project app. 
Cool. Check it out. Very cool. Keith, and I know you're discombobulated. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Sorry. Gary. They have a they have a, a pretty robust API, so I was able to uh, pretty quickly write my own like kind of reporting tool to get data that I wanted out of it. So that's also very nice. Awesome, Keith. I know you're out of sorts, but do you have a pick this evening? I do, I do, and I apologize. Uh, my that's computer right. spontaneously rebooted, so I'm back. Um, yeah, the uh, I, I had a, uh, actually had a couple other picks, but at this party for the Science Olympiad kids tonight, I discovered a brand new product that I had no idea existed. So we're going to overwrite everything and recommend rocket balloons to anybody who has children or does not and just enjoys playing with balloons. Rocket balloons are a specially engineered balloon that you can buy. Um, and if you just Google it, you'll, they'll pop up. And you can get them on Amazon. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them all over the place. But they're a very long, narrow balloon. Um, that you fill with a tube and then you pinch off the end and if you point it's it's got an extra long um, neck on the end of it and if you point it up in the air and release it it will sail for a very very long time um, in in an indoor gymnasium they they went for 30 40 seconds airborne instead of just uh, yeah that's them um, and you can get in, yeah, that's them, Jeremy, but then you can get them without the pump too, and themselves, or you can get the ones with the pump, but, but they're really cool and they're really cheap and they're a great toy. Uh, I, you know, I love, I still love playing with balloons with my girls. You know, if you just blow up a balloon and on a rainy Saturday afternoon, we'll bat it around the living room for an hour, you know, just make sure it doesn't touch the floor, you know, that game. Um, great, great toy in general and rocket balloons is kind of the next level of it. Um, something you can do outside on a non-windy day, but uh, in the indoor and in gymnasium, it was a blast too. I just very, very cool. I was kind of captivated by them. So, hmm. rocket balloons. That looks fun. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fun. You get a bunch of awesome. uh, drunk adults with them; they'd be a great time too. <laughs> and cats, I'm sure, love them. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have uh, I have two quick picks for this evening: uh, iOS, Android apps. Um, one is a solitaire game called a solitaire card game called Oniram. And if you liked uh, card crawl, which is kind of a dungeon crawl solitaire game, um, you'll find a, you'll find a lot of uh, similarities uh, with Oniram. Oniram takes place in a dream world. You're actually having a dream and you have a hand of cards. Those cards can be made up of four different colors. There are three suits in every color. And what you're trying to do is play three cards in the row of the same color, but never the same suit in a row. So if there, there are three suits, sun, moon, and key, you can play sun, moon, sun, or sun, moon, key, but never sun, sun, moon. And if you play three in a row, you get to close one of that, the doors of that color. Meanwhile, there are nightmares in the deck that will pop up that force you to either discard cards, uh, play keys to throw them away, or discard cards off the top of the deck. And you're trying to close all eight doors before you reach the end of the deck. Um, it's for a, a very simple game. It surprisingly has a lot of depth to it. Um, it's a very popular board game, or sorry, card game that's now been turned into an app, and it's only ninety-nine cents. And um, it's got some cool, spooky music, and uh, it plays really, really easily and really quickly. You can play a game in about five minutes. So I would recommend Oniram, O-N-I-R-I-M. The other game I want to recommend to you is called Silent Swords. 
This game is free. Um, there are additional levels that you can buy uh, on uh, iOS and Android. I haven't gotten that far yet. You play a ninja, which is always fun, uh, trying to escape from a group of guards. Um, there are streetlights along the way that if the guards are looking your way and you happen to be in a streetlight, you will get shot. You need to sneak up behind the guards and do a finishing cut move or throw a ninja star at them to get rid of them. Um, there are also laser beams and walls that you can cling to and shadows that you can hide in. Um, also a very quick, easy, fun to play game and it's free, at least the beginning part of it is. So check out Silent Swords. Rob, have you, you seen the on? new card game by the Card Crawl people? What's it called? Card Thief. I heard that it was coming out. It's, has it, it, has it's it out, and rumors it's very good. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but it's it's supposedly Ooh. very, very good. So it's a, kind of a stealth version of Card Crawl, where you got to pay attention to which way the guards are looking and move behind and pickpocket and stuff like that. So similar mechanics, but yeah. completely different game. Yeah, I love card crawl, and I will. I definitely will give Thief a try, and definitely give Onyarum a try. I think you'll like it too. Yeah, you know uh, okay. Yeah. I searched the App Store for um, Onyarum, mm -hmm. and it returned uh, Onyarum and Silent Swords together as really? the first the first two results. Yeah, that's funny. Well, that Apple's probably listening to our podcast. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. Or they know we're friends and it's recommending it to you. So that's fun. Very cool. Uh, all right. So we need to wrap up the show. But we, so in order to wrap it up, we've got to give our ratings for our beers. So, uh, gentlemen, I'm going to start from left to right on my screen. And that means Jeremy is first. What do you think of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? It's a great beer. This is one of my go-to beers when I see terrible things on tap that probably will have this beer. Uh, it's never disappointing. It's it's a balanced beer, classic pale ale. Uh, malts and hops balance perfectly. Nice smooth finish. It's always a safe choice. Uh, this is an easy eight of ten. Awesome. Uh, now next in line for me is Keith. Keith, what do you think? Um, I'm a big fan of this beer. Um, pale ales in general. Uh, I, I like because it, it, it brings you back to kind of a simpler time. Um, in, in England, this would be called a, a pint of bitter. Um, so it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, the standard pale ale has a lot of history in the birth of so many other beers. Um, and it's kind of nice to go back to the roots every now and then. Um, and and I, do, I do, after having like months of, of hoppy, and spicy ales and you know dark beers and stuff. I want something simpler every now and then, and this is a great choice. Um, Sierra Nevada does a great version of a pale ale, um, and it's not too expensive, and it's it's an easy go-to. I agree, eight out of ten. Very nice. And Gary, uh, I I really do think that. Sierra Nevada set the industry standard for pale ale many years ago. And just like I said, as far as we know, they've kept it the same. And, uh, you know, I, I drink a lot of different kinds of beers and a lot of beers with a lot of very robust, distinctive, uh, you know, kind of throw your palate for a loop flavors in them with IPAs and stouts and sours and stuff. But uh, what he said is true. You, some, there are times where you just need kind of like that staple thing to go back to. You, you need to reset. You yeah. know, 
and Sierra Nevada is the the beer for that. As as pale ales go, I, I, I don't know. You'd be very hard pressed to find a better pale ale. They have brewed it consistently for so long. Um, it's it's amazing that it is still such such a dominant beer in that genre of beers. So I'm going to give it a nine. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to be right in line with uh, pretty much what everybody said. Um, I'm going to give uh, the Pale Ale an eight. Um, and coming at it from a different angle than the guys, as I mentioned earlier, this really tastes almost like a Pilsner to me, other than the than that, that quick hit of hops you get when you first taste it. Um, the finish is very much like a Pilsner. And in a nice, cold, chilled glass um, in the summertime when it's hot, this would be very, very refreshing. And I have no problem at all drinking this even with the hops in it. Um, it's it's really tasty. It's a great finish. It's very nicely blended. And uh, I, I give this an eight easily. Very drinkable. That's an eight and a quarter overall for us. So, the, uh, the good beer. All right. So uh, just really quick, if you want to uh, check out our website, we're going to have some links. Jeremy has some links up there from his trip to Vietnam. Uh, I watched his little jaunt through the streets of uh, through the streets of Hanoi, and I can tell you that it looked kind of frightening. Um, <laughs> so good. Definitely such a great video, look. though. Yeah. Very cool. You can check that out on pnrshow.com. Email us at pnrshow at gmail.com. For the Twitters, Gary's at Always Breaking, uh, Jeremy at Jeremy Brooks, Keith at Wolfman K, and me, I'm at R-E-B-R-O-B. We have a Slack chat. If you'd like to join us there, um, send us an email to the Gmail address I just gave you, and uh, we'll give you an invite to the Slack chat. Uh, thanks, as always, to the Boxy Boggards for use of their music, which we didn't hear tonight. <laughs> And uh, thanks to Alpha Geek, we are live on Channel Three, AlphaGeekRadio.com. Tune in at dot sorry, tune in dot AlphaGeekRadio.com. That's all for the announcements, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts? Go hug a clown. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Keith. Oh, Keith can't play the music because he's not hosting the I take a strong stand over strife. I'd prefer to confer with a half pint of ale than live a long life till my private parts fail. For life without liquor is to no avail. So bring me lager for life. Go well, then. There are other worlds than these. I'll just keep right. Talk to me. Oh, yeah. we're supposed to, uh, it's me.